Welcome to the Gospel Project for Adults weekly leader training podcast. I'm Daniel Davis. This week we are on Unit 28, Session 2, titled, Doubts Are Overcome. We hit on the idea of overcoming doubts in Point 2 of Session 1, but we'll do so in a more in-depth way in this session. Luke 24, 36-49, the subject of Session 1, and John 20, 19-23, tell the same story from different perspectives. The Apostle John added a little more detail than Luke did. Not only did Jesus appear to the eleven and some other disciples, he also showed them his hands and side, offered peace, pledged the Holy Spirit, and gave them instructions on forgiveness. When the small group of followers had been contemplating whether or not to believe the testimony of a few, Jesus himself showed up and removed all doubt. His visible, tangible, spiritual, and emotional proof gave them what they needed to believe. But the disciple Thomas missed it. In the passages we study for this session, Jesus appears again with a specific focus to address Thomas's doubts. In point one, we see that belief is passed down by faithful witnesses. If time allows, follow the instructions for the interact prompt on leader page 24 to have smaller groups do a bit of biblical research into the identity and character of the disciple Thomas. He is popularly known as Doubting Thomas on account of the passages we are looking at for session two. But Thomas was a faithful disciple of Jesus, even bold in his commitment to die with Jesus. Ultimately, Thomas, like the rest of the disciples, abandoned Jesus at his arrest. But all this serves to show that Thomas was just like the others. He's not a disciple we should look down upon, but rather one we should see ourselves in as people who have ups and downs in our walk with Christ. Last week we looked at the first appearance of the risen Christ with the group of his disciples. They saw him in the flesh, touched his body, and witnessed him eat some fish. So they now knew without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus had risen, just as he had said he would. And when they got together with Thomas, they were excited to share their good news with him so that he could share in their joy. We've seen the Lord, they said. But their joy was not contagious on this occasion. Rather than believe the word of his close friends about Jesus' resurrection, Thomas chose a more reasoned, hands-on approach. On one hand, can we blame him? The idea of resurrection defies our experiences with death, and certainly any calculation of odds. We hear the occasional miracle story of people being resuscitated after heart and lungs stop. But these things happen within minutes. Jesus was on his third day of death. And now Thomas was hearing that Jesus is alive again? Again, can we blame him? But on the other hand, Thomas had seen Jesus' miracles, even raising people from the dead. He was there when Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb after four days of his being dead. So there is a bit of a disconnect between Thomas's experiences and his reticence to believe what he was being told. What should get our attention the most, though, in Thomas's response, was the condition he placed upon the experience he thought he needed. If I don't see and touch Jesus's wounds myself, I will never believe. Those are the words of a hard heart. And those came from someone who was counted among Jesus' 12 disciples. 
I wonder how the other disciples took Thomas's declaration. Were they dejected? Did they plead with him to believe? Were they afraid for a soul? What if Jesus didn't come to them again? Was Thomas doomed to his unbelief? Some interesting questions to ponder, but ultimately, the main thing to learn here is that our testimony of the crucified and risen Christ will not always meet with a person ready to believe. Questions and doubts are powerful barriers to faith, but they are not invincible. And in fact, they are helpless to stand before the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. In point two, we see that belief is based on the historical resurrection of Jesus. A week after Jesus rose from the dead and began appearing to his disciples and followers, the disciples were again gathered in a locked room. And again, Jesus suddenly appeared in their presence. And again, Jesus opened with the words, Peace be with you. But this time, instead of addressing the disciples as a whole, Jesus turned his attention to Thomas, the one who was missing last time the one who gave a condition for his faith, or he would never believe. Then, as if he had been present and eavesdropping on Thomas's previous conversation, Jesus proceeded to present each element laid out in Thomas's condition for faith. Look at my hands. Put your finger into the nail prints. Put your hand into my side. These were the things Thomas said he needed, and Jesus gave him just what he was asking for. But notice Jesus' evaluation of Thomas' expectations. Don't be faithless, but believe. Thomas's doubts and need for visible, physical proof were evidence of a lack of faith. And in Scripture, that's never a positive. This reminds me of Gideon in the book of Judges, requesting back-to-back signs with the fleece before he would believe God had called him to be a judge for the people of Israel. Sometimes we look at that example as a good idea, but really it betrayed a lack of faith in Gideon. And here, Jesus confronted Thomas's faithlessness and called him to believe. Thomas, of course, had no choice but to do so. Jesus was standing right there in front of him, alive and in the flesh. But I wonder if he began to regret his stubbornness. Jesus certainly put that stubbornness into perspective that it was anything but good or faithful. Yet we shouldn't dismiss the fact that the disciples did see Jesus alive and in the flesh. In history, recorded on the pages of inspired scripture, there were eyewitnesses to the truth that Jesus did rise from the dead, and this was by God's design. Their testimony was recorded, preserved, and has been passed down through the generations in the Bible so that we could hear their testimony and believe. And that's part of what we look at next. In point three, we see that belief is grounded in confessing Jesus as Lord. With Jesus alive and well, standing right in front of him, Thomas had to confess Jesus as my Lord and my God. Don't rush over those words too quickly. My Lord makes sense. Here was the one to love and serve. But Thomas added, my God, to his confession. Not only did Thomas believe he was looking at God's promised Messiah, but he believed he was looking into the face of the holy creator and sustainer of everything.
Thomas believed Jesus truly is the Son of God, sent into the world to save sinners through his sacrificial death and victorious resurrection. Jesus affirms this confession because it is true. If it weren't, both Thomas and Jesus would be guilty of blasphemy. But Thomas had it right. Jesus is Lord and God, worthy of all glory, honor, dominion, and praise. But Jesus goes on to put Thomas's newfound faith in perspective. True to his condition, Thomas believed because he had seen the risen Christ. He obeyed Jesus' call not to be faithless, but to believe. Jesus doesn't downplay this development in Thomas's life, but he does elevate the circumstance of faith that comes to each of us and to all who will hear the gospel through us. We don't see Jesus in the flesh, yet there are countless believers all over the world who have heard the testimony of his eyewitnesses passed on from one believer to the next. And even though we haven't seen the resurrected Jesus, we still believe. And in this, Jesus says we are blessed. Consider the miracle that God has worked in your life, in my life, and in the lives of our groups and church members. Though we Christians haven't seen, we all believe in Jesus, our Lord and our God. And there are more out there who will believe just as we have. Only they need people to take the gospel to them and share it with them. And then we can have the blessing of seeing the miracle of faith in Jesus take hold in others. While the resurrection of Jesus can be supported with evidence, ultimately, belief in the gospel comes by faith in God's word, which testifies to Jesus. All who place their trust in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus by faith are blessed with eternal life. Because we believers have experienced the blessings of following Jesus ourselves, we should proclaim Him to others, calling on them to place their faith in Him for salvation as well, so they too may know the love, grace, and forgiveness found in Jesus, our Lord and our God. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.